Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Palmer bet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight up screamer. Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Well, hopefully we're going to have some tears of happiness this Sunday because right now we're going to talk some boxing. Oh, yeah. It's a time Kiwi boxing fans have been waiting for all year. Joseph Parker back in the ring taking on the hard-hitting Joe Joyce in Manchester. Could be a fight to open a huge door for Joe somewhere. A crucial domino to show he's back all the way as a truly new and improved heavyweight and ready to be champion again. We'll be down at the pub, beer in hand, getting behind our big man, Gypsy Joe. It's a pleasure to welcome back to the show the man in the corner and former WBO middleweight champion himself, Andy Lee. G'day, Andy. Thanks for joining us, mate. Hey. How are you doing, lads? Good to talk to you. Oh, we are good, mate. We're excited. We've talked about there's a lot of sporting events on this weekend. The majority oh, yeah. of us have come out and said we are pumped for Sunday here in NZ to watch Joseph Parker and, and uh, the new, improved Joseph Parker. Man, I've been excited watching his socials and everything like that. How's the, how's the morale and camp, mate? Really good. Everyone's in good spirits. Um, for the last eight, eight to nine weeks, I've been putting in the work, um, putting Joe through his paces, and he's made improvements in every kind of, and in, in really in every aspect of how he boxes. And um, no, it's gone really well. There's been no injuries, no illness, and um, we're here now, fight week. And uh, yeah, the hard work is done. It's just time to prepare mentally for what's ahead and go in there and do the business. Hey Andy, down here we're hearing a lot about this Gypsy Joe. What and who is Gypsy Joe? <laughs> That's just because he's been in Morecambe surrounded by gypsies, and he's <laughs> they've adopted him. We've adopted him. We've made him one of our own. He's, um, you know, what he's like. He's he's one of the nicest people you'll ever meet, and um, everyone's really taken to him. And and uh, he's got so much support here now, and a lot of them are from the Gypsy community. Are we going to see his tribe move over, mate? Because uh, knowing Joe, he's got a big family, so he might have to charter a big plane to, yeah. to get them all over there to Morecambe. Yeah. <laughs> he's got a, his parents are over here now, and um, nice. brother and cousin. His family haven't come over this time, but they've been here at his last fight, and they've spent some time in Morecambe. So, um, yeah, he's he is a man that travels the world a lot, and he spends as much time here now, it seems, as he does back home. 
It does, it does. It's been a while since we've seen Joe back in, in the uh, land of the long white cloud. Hey, mate, obviously it's been a, a little bit of a disrupted um, build-up. Obviously it was meant to fight before that got passed over, then they've gone through the dealings with um, uh, promoters and all of that. It came just a bit of disruption, but that hasn't um, disrupted any of the build-up for Joe, and, and he's still... Um, probably giving him more time to really um, get his game right. Like from what I saw that against that Jarek Chisora fight, man, it got me excited. This is a new reinvented Joseph Parker. Yeah, he needed that. It's been a while since people have been excited about him. You know, um, since he lost a title, he kind of plateaued a bit, and you know, he he won his fights, but they were never really really exciting fights. And and heavyweight boxing, and in boxing in general, you need excitement. You need people to want to see action and knockouts and you know not someone just going through the motions and getting decisions you want drama yeah um yeah. but he's yeah he i think he's he's improved a lot he's but it's more mentally as well he's he's so f- um focused and determined now and i think he's the influence of tyson fury as well seeing how close joseph how he sees how close he is to taking that next step being like reaching the next level and really going from just being well, he is an elite heavyweight, but to be really, really one of the, one of the best in the world again, um, he knows he's in touch in distance to that. So, I've seen the desire in him, I see the hunger in him, and I'm willing to learn and improve and to work hard. And um, yeah, hopefully now it just listen. As a coach, you you train them the best way, you advise them the best way, you put them through everything they need to do physically, mentally, correct them technic- technically. But when it comes to the fight night, you just got to let them. You know, you gotta trust your fighter and let them go and believe in the work that we that we've done and and let him go in there and do it. And he that's what that's it's in his hands now. You know, it's in his hands and it's in his mind. And um, he has to do it. He has to. Uh, it like I said, it's a great responsibility. As because I when I was a fighter, you knew what you're capable of, so you never had any fear. But as a coach, you know, there's you kind of control every aspect, but once you win the, once you've got bell rings and they're in that ring, you, you, it's out of your hands, you know, it's out of your control. So yeah. it's, for me, it's, it's always tough, but, um, I, I trust Joe and I believe in him and I believe in the work yeah. we've done. And I think you're going to see a good, good fight on Saturday night. Yeah. If the attributes you talk about Andy, um, and that what you've instilled in him, we all believe that, uh, Joe Parker can go out there against Joe Joyce. So talking about experience, Joe Joyce hasn't had half as many fights as, uh, Joe Parker, do you think that plays into Joe's hands a bit that he's had he's had more fights than him and knows what to do? Yeah, and and Parker is is a twelve round fighter. You know, he's been the distance several times and knows he knows what's in the tank when the going gets tough. Well, you know, when you're in those later rounds and you're exhausted, um, you're not really sure until you get there. Joyce has never really been in this situation. He's never fought anybody like Parker. Now he's he's a juggernaut. They call him the juggernaut. And that's how he fights. He's he's a big, strong man who comes forward and he's unrelenting. And but that's his main attributes. Joe Parker has hand speed, foot foot speed, um, combination punching. And as I said, he's a twelve round fighter with a lot of experience. So if Joseph Parker can use those things to his advantage, which I believe he will. Um, it should be a great night for him, but we're we're under no like under no illusions. It's not going to be a walk in the park. It, like most people here, are tipping Joyce to win. The God is as yeah. the underdog, uh, but we like we like we like our chances, and we like those that that being said about us because I think that spurred on Joe. That's given him a bit more emphasis to um, 
Uh, you can see a difference in him. If you just see a difference, a little bit more spite, and I think he's a bit peeved because people are writing him off a little bit. Oh, I bet he is, mate. Oh, I can tell he's one nil up in the in the, um, in the ranks of social media. What have, what, have you been involved <laughs> in the build-up? Have you been involved in that little video, that trailer he made? What's your take on that? No, I, I kind of give Joe... Did you see the call-out video where Joe was like, hi, uh, Joseph, uh, Jack yeah. Joyce, how's, uh, how's the... Tra-? I kind of let him... But the rest of it is all been him. And I, I, when he put up that one with the... <laughs> With the artwork, with the with the uh, Will Smith photo, I was like, "Oh, Joe, you're gonna get locked up for this one." <laughs> but uh, no, it's, it's it's all been it's all been fun and games. Believe me, these guys they really do want, like Joseph. Really wants to to beat this guy up badly, and he wants to prove how good he is and that he he belongs with the best. And they they've made a mistake by trying to fight fight him, you know. Yeah, for sure, mate. I can't wait. I can't wait. Can you just talk about Tyson Fury's influence? Like, what has really Tyson done for Joe Parker uh, and behind the scenes that we probably might have, might haven't, we probably haven't seen or from the social? We don't see much, but we see glimpses yeah. of it. Are you able to give us a little insight? Yeah, he's. I think he's he's revitalised Joe's career, and like he's been a big um, influence in that. You know, by recommending me as a coach and. Bringing him over uh, to Markham, just being in the environment, just run, like going for runs with Tyson every day, and just listening to him speak and listen to him, he's he's mental approach to fights, and it's bound to have a good effect. Like in, in a practical sense, he's like we've stayed in Tyson's house for this fight, one of his houses. We've used his house. We're using his gym. Um, all of these resources, he's he's just he's made a ready like they're available to us whatever we need, whatever we want, and he just. We we can't you know awesome. we, we're very grateful to him yeah and listen he is um and he's pushed Joe he's you know and he and he when Joe's sparring he, he comes he takes he's whatever we're doing whatever he's doing that day yeah he, he rings you up what time you're sparring and he's there and he's watching the sparring he's and we lean on him for advice as well and his knowledge and uh, yeah we like we're very very grateful we're so lucky to to be able to you know talk to him tap into that and um, yeah it's it's been a hugely positive influence for joe it, i was reading mate i was reading you, you you're not allowing them to spar is there a reason why he, has he nah. been a close call a close moment <laughs> no because listen first of all they're good friends and they're both yeah. big men and uh they're both alpha males and like you know you know what it's like yourself when you know someone that's if one lands a good punch then the next one is going to try and retaliate. And next thing you know, there's, there's you know, blood. And they do damage to each other right before a big fight and get injuries. And I remember when um, I was trained by Emmanuel Stewart and he trained Vladimir Klitschko. And Tyson came with us to train in the camp. And Manny would never let him spar. Never even entertained it because he knew what would happen. And I, similar with Joe and Tyson, you know, uh, you know, it, it is, uh, it's a, like boxing is a sport, but at the end of the day, it's a fight as well. And, you know, you can't separate the actual sport from the fight in terms of, you know, this. if this other man's punched me in the face, then I'm going to want to punch him back, and it's, even though it's not like a game of tennis or a game of snooker. You know what I'm saying? It's a fight at the end <laughs> yeah, of the day. Mate. Yeah, mate. That's it. And I love the way that you're talking too, Andy, because you're actually you're starting to pump me up. You, it, sounds <laughs> like, it sounds like Joe's ready to go out there and do some damage. Um, mate, the heavyweight, the, the heavyweight division's in a really good place at the moment. You know, you've got... Tyson obviously stepping Joshua out. And you've got Usyk and they're sitting up the top there, and um, Wilder wanting to come back against Ruiz and stuff like that. 
What do you think about the heavyweight division at the moment? Not not only just Joe Parker, Joe Joyce, but right across the board, it's in a good place. Yeah, totally. And it and so it should be because the heavyweight division is the blue ribbon, you know, division of boxing. And everyone years ago, everyone knew who the heavyweight champion was. And for a long period of time, it was it was dead. You know, well the Klitschko's were dominating, but there was no one really to challenge them. Um, but now these big guys are fighting each other, you know. And like you said, Tyson called out Usyk. He didn't want to fight to February. So then he called out Joshua. And looks like the fight might happen. None of us expected it to happen. So these big guys are fighting each other. And they're putting boxing back on the map. You know, look at Tyson and Dillian White. There was 90,000 people there. Mm. And, you know, and if he fights Joshua, it was likely to break that record. So, mm. you know, this, this boxing is back and the heavyweights are leading the charge, really. Man, a lot needs to happen Sunday here in NZ for the fight to eventuate with, with the way we want it. But if Joe gets this done, mm. it puts him in a great position. Are we looking at another fight with AJ, or, or what does he have his eyes on after he gets the job done on Sunday? There's not like there's not a lot of people want to fight Joseph right now. You know, there was mm. two or three big heavyweights who turned him down. So we've been put in this position where fighting Joyce will make Joseph the mandatory. There'll be no way they can avoid him. So he'll be the, the next in line to fight Usyk. He'll be he'll have first preference to fight Usyk next, and that's where we'll go. Wow. If Tyson doesn't get in first, then we'll go that way. Um, I believe it. Like like, Joseph hasn't even tapped into his potential yet. He's just coming to his peak physically. He's 30 years old. He's still quite young for his for a heavy. Remember, Joe Joyce is 37 years old. You know, so Joe's only 30 and getting better every with every training session. So, listen. Oh, you're giving me goosebumps, Andy. Oh, me Come too. On. Me yeah. too, Andy. Hey, is there, is there a couple of spare bedrooms up there in Morecambe? Because me and Izzy are on a plane tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, we're, yeah. Com- we're coming up. Yeah, get over here. <laughs> yeah, I know, like mate. Last time, we we, I, we had a bit of a chat with Sonny Bill, and he jumped on the plane the next the next day and was over with us. <laughs> <laughs> I can see why. He's got a bigger wallet than us, mate. We might have to tap it in. We might have to go get a loan to come over to see you. But, hey, just quickly, yeah. just quickly before we let you go, Sonny, Sonny's announced his fight with Mark Hunt, mate. Are you going to be training? Yeah. Are you going to be doing some work with Son? I'm not sure. I'm not sure because I don't mm-hmm. know. Sonny's got a lot of commitments with the commentary and, and he's a family man. Yeah. And I'm the same. And I, I can't leave Ireland, really, for that period of time. Yeah. And he, I don't think he yeah. can really come over. Um, yeah. But... We had a we had a great experience, me and Sonny. You know, we worked together. You know what type of person he is. Um, just yeah. like Joseph, they're just two of the best people you could ever meet. And um, he had a great fight and a great win. And I, and I, I think what well, what he's learned and the experience he picked up with me and Tyson and Joseph, that'll do that'll stand him well in his next fight. Yeah, beautiful man. We know you've just had another wee yeah. little wee little child, mate. So things all good in your hood, family, family's well. Yeah, everything's good. I can't wait to get back. I've been commuting from Dublin to Morecambe uh, twice a week back and forth back and forth so I'm looking for that looking forward to that being coming to an end and just getting down yeah it's so it's very disruptive when you have young children and you they're not yeah. sure when you're coming or going you know you're there one day and they come the next so um, they, like all these like you don't see that stuff behind I'm Joseph away from his nah. girls all the time you know it's like people don't see that mm. stuff but there's always sacrifices to be made you know you see the glitz and the glamour and the glory but there's a price to pay for everything. Yes, there is, mate. You get the job done on Sunday and you get back home to change those diapers, mate. I'm sure you'll be doing a hell of a job and back into... Listen, back I, to I walk in the door and there's, listen, there's... When I walk in the door, there's just babies just handing it to me. That's it. You know, there's no... There's no... I come, I come to the training camp to get a rest. 
Yes, mate. Love it. Love it. Andy Lee, trainer for Joseph Parker. Go well this this weekend, mate. We're right behind you. Thanks, guys. Thanks very much. Great to see you. Down under in New Zealand. Awesome. Legend, Andy. Thanks, bud. Mate, get him down here, Andy Lee. Hey, what a legend. So good. So good. Just so honest. Just so transparent. You know, talking about Joe Parker, like, wants to get out there and. Yeah, man. He gets us done. He fights Usyk. Usyk. Oh. And they can't, they can't avoid him. And that's where they'll go. And that's where they'll go. If yeah, because AJ will fight Tyson. And then he'll need a bit of a break. Joe gets us done. Usyk can't hide. Come here, bring those bouts and give me a chance. And with this new change, man, it's inspiring. And whew. There's so many nuggets in that, oh. eh? There's so many nuggets in mm. that about... Oh, from everything from that little bit of mental fortitude that he's being able to garner from Tyson to not being able to get that's in That's always been him. his problem. Hey, hey, Louis, that's always been his challenge, his mental. Like, he's always been a nice guy and, and he's a, the people's champ, but I've seen a difference from him being around Tyson and Andy Lee. Just notice that little subtleties and, yeah, it's I, inspiring. I think, Kempi, and you, you would have um, worked with a lot of uh, Polynesian uh, athletes like... Uh, Joe, when you were at the Warriors and during your career, I think Joe is an extremely trusting guy, and I think that mm. that can go both ways. Because when oh, you tr- when you trust someone like Tyson Fury and Andy Lee, and you've got Andy, that guy we just spoke to in your corner saying, "Do not switch off now. Do not switch off now. Move forward. Move forward. Move forward." You can see where that change has come from. But on the flip side, if you can start resting on your laurels, that tr- trusting personality can sometimes slow you down a wee bit, right? Well, the, the, the first name that comes to mind is David Tua. You know what I mean? And he was like the Polynesian culture is that if you get into bed with them and they trust you, they trust you for life. And you can you can do good and bad to them. And that's just the unfortunate nature of them. The, the thing I like about what Andy's talking about is it's not taking, it's giving. Like I'm giving him all this, all this IP about creating this understanding of what your attributes are and where you can take them to. Tyson's giving you a place to stand in Morecambe. He's giving you all of the resources to help you get to where you want to go. It's not they're not taking anything, you know what I mean? So, man, I I just really liked his conversation. It was just so honest and transparent. And the thing that you you, you know he's saying about Joe is that. And just like the Irish, and when you, I mean, if you know the Irish people, especially the sports people, they're just good people. They just like good people. Mm. So, mate, I just hope Joe goes out there and does the job because, I'm, like Andy said right at the end, is he 30 years old? He's just basically on, his, on the start Untapped. of his journey. Mm. Imagine that, untapped. Mm. He, could, he might be a two time champion. He's untapped. Oh, no one's backing him, eh? No one's backing him. Well, that's we the, are, that's the other are, thing. Boys. Don't back him. Adam Parker, leave fire, them, split leave decision. Juicy. 17 bucks. I'm <laughs> going <Get> on. <laughs> Get on. Come yeah. on. That was awesome. Absolutely awesome. awesome. Uh, w- w- what do you want to say about Joe Parker? Double eight, double three. How, when Andy Lee says Joe Parker's untapped, what does that mean to you? What can you see him achieving? 0800-150-811. After this, Kempi is off the back fence, and I know Izzy wants to chat a little bit more about Joe Parker later on in the hour as well. Here with Chemist Warehouse, great savings every day. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. The All Blacks have a chance to wrap up a most extraordinary rugby championship when they play the Wallabies this Saturday night on the Garden of Eden. 
All the talk pre-championship was whether Ian Foster could retain his job. It looked for all money that his gig was done in Johannesburg. That's before the unthinkable happened and the All Blacks produced a performance for the ages to beat the Springboks and help Fozzie secure his tenure. Now, after a last-minute blinder from Matthew Raynal, our men have an opportunity to wrap it all up. And here's the question. With more twists and turns in this series than the Awakino Gorge, will we see another weekend of footy where the unpredictable happens? Does Roger Tuivasa Sheck kick the winning drop goal? Or do the Springboks put 70 on the Argentinians? Or guess what, Izzy? Do the Australians win, their for, win for the first time here in Tamaki Makoto on Eden Park? uncontroversial or unpredictable or once again does this weekend produce the bloody unbelievable can't wait back fence with tony kemp (laughs) (laughs) well what's uh roger tui vasashek playing to kick a drop goal four thousand to one (laughs) (laughs) some hell odds i reckon oh kempy 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 yeah you've got me fire a selection is probably the biggest talking point at the moment uh, all signs are looking at Sammy Kane missing out, David Harvey definitely. So, what's the makeup of the back line? Does Sevu Reese come in? Yeah, of course he does. What does the loose four trio look like? Artie moved to seven. Who goes to eight? Mate, there's there's some some big decisions to be made. We're going to have a little dabble at that in tomorrow morning and see where they go. Because no no doubt the All Blacks will name their team tomorrow, and um, and uh, we'll get an inkling and we'll get a hundred percent certainty of who's playing. So. Yeah, interesting. Can they do it? What is the mathematical chart? I know they're pretty, it's pretty even. Do, do the Springboks have to win by a hell of a lot to win it? I think we worked it out yesterday, 14. They, I think we've got about a 15 point, point differential on them. So no, I don't yeah. think it is that much. Okay. With the rally, you know, with the rally in New Zealand only a week away, it's <laughs> stop it. It's fair to say our flag bearer for a long time in rally, Hayden Patton, well and truly has his eye in doing it a bit different as Patton Motorsport has over the years. It was a big moment for the team as over the weekend they uh, saluted in the Ashley, Ashley Forest Rally Sprint, driving an all-electric man that was amazing. That car, Hyundai Kona EV. They've developed themselves. Hayden is on the line with us now. Good morning, Hayden. Thanks for joining us on ECN for breakfast. Yeah, morning, both. Thanks so much. Mate, how good is that car? Like, I watched that on your Twitter <laughs> account this morning. The noise, the speed, crazy. Uh, yeah, well, it doesn't quite sound like uh, your example there, but um, uh, it's a, a phenomenal, <laughs> phenomenal car to drive. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, you know, first and foremost, motorsport, and for me, motorsport's about speed, you know, going fast in cars, and, and this car is another level in terms of what you can actually do with the engineering of the car and, and how fast you can drive it. So, yeah, it, it ticks a lot of boxes. Hey, talk to us about the reactions, the way it's reacting differently to the all-electric or uh, all, all petrol cars and the way that the electric car reacts on the roads, mate. Honestly, watch that clip too. Crazy. I don't even know how. It's obviously... Goes a hell of a lot faster. Uh, it, it doesn't have the power at this stage because we don't have the right spec yeah. uh, battery. But in okay. terms of the handling, is probably the biggest uh, advantage. You know, the the car is quite heavy. It's about four hundred kilos uh, more than a normal rally car at the moment. Um, but the way that the car is so stable, the centre of gravity is so low, 
So all that means is you can basically drive through the corners a lot quicker and basically drive a bit more sideways because the car's just reacting uh, so quickly. Yeah, man, I, like, if there was ever a chance that I could drive a car, I'd like to drive the car that you're driving. Man, that is so cool to watch. I've always wondered, Hayden, how important is the guy sitting next to you? Like, the, the, the margin for error on those roads must be so small. Is he, is he really important? Uh, yeah, well, it depends on the sort of event. Like, so Ashley Forest Rally Sprint is a, a sprint-type event, so um, we actually get a chance to put VIPs and, and uh, people in the car to, to experience um, rallying um, without the, the need for pace notes because um, we know the road quite well. Uh, but, yeah, like a rally, like what we've got at Rally New Zealand uh, next weekend, we've got over 300 kilometres of stages. It's impossible to remember it all, so the relationship with your co-driver is absolutely crucial and, and the pace notes that we're that he's uh, delivering um, to make sure that we not only stay on the road but also, you know, drive as fast as we can. How different have you and your team had to think about working with this technology to a standard rally car? Can you give us an example of something that's just, like, totally, totally different? you having to think outside of the square? Oh, there's probably too many examples. Uh, <laughs> you know, this, this car is, is run by computers in, in the sense that you can you can tune everything through the computer. You can change everything in increments of 1%, whether it be the the uh, the drive between the front and rear or the right and left wheel or, you know, even how I use the throttle pedal. You know, I could put... put Ten percent of throttle on on the on the pedal, but that could be a hundred percent power. Um, you know, we can tune absolutely <laughs> everything with this car, um, and it's actually a bit of a it's a yeah it, it is stressful at the moment when you go to events because you're looking at so many numbers on the computers. By the time you get to the end of it, you're just like mentally drained because you've it's uh, you know quite a uh, sophisticated car. Hey, do you, do you feel like the journey you're on? We're going to get to a situation where. Rally is going to be fully electric. I know they've made changes over up in the north with um, events having fully electric races and, and, and competitions fully electric. Are you hoping that's where this this gets to? Yeah, at the end of the day, the, the, you know, the motion behind this project is about the future of a sport that I love. It's you know my life, and I want to be involved in it for quite some time. So. You know, when it comes to motorsport cars and what got me into it, you know, I'm a petrol head the same as, as most others. Um, but I also yeah. want to see the sport grow and, and survive. And, you know, for that to happen, um, you know, whether it be electric or hydrogen or hybrid, it has to happen because that's what the automotive industry is selling to the to normal uh, road user. Our sport's got a responsibility to actually be at the forefront of that, developing the technology that will later be seen in the cars. So if we don't do it... Um, you know, it's as simple as that myself and our team and, and maybe others around the world um, simply won't have any opportunities to be involved in the sport. Oh, that's that's cool That's cool to hear, Hayden. Um, we're right behind you with that. Look, talk to us about this uh, rally here in New Zealand. You know, are you fizzed up and you're ready to go out there and win it again? Uh, yeah, can't wait. Um, obviously, we've all waited 10 years for it. Uh, <laughs> I think it's going to be a massive event and... Um, yeah, obviously we've got the WRC2 car, so as much as we would have liked the WRC1 and a chance to fight at the front, um, that wasn't able to, we weren't able to pull that off. So obviously we've got a good power and program with the WRC2, so the target to try and um, obviously win, uh, win that class. But um, yeah, there'll be a lot of good place fights, and uh, we're particularly looking forward to battling with uh, Shane Van Gisbergen. So um, yeah, it's going to be yeah. a good week, I think. Yeah, what about Shane Vengers? How cool is this guy? He wants to drop in and drive as fast as he can on the gravel, mate. Is it that easy? Uh, Shane's always, he's always been a bit of a freak. He can drive anything, motorbikes, cars, anything. So, um, 
he's been brought up around rally actually, so it's not too foreign to him. Um, and you know, at the end of the day, if you can drive a V8 supercar fast, you can probably drive yeah. anything fast. Um, so he's an example of that. Awesome. Uh, just quickly, what car are you driving in the WRC? And there's a qu- uh, question here on the text machine. Ask Hayden about the opportunity given to four apprentices to join the team. That is choice. Yeah, so we've got a, the well, WRC 2 car, uh, which is a second tier car um, for Rally New Zealand, same one that we used in Europe that we flew over here. Um, but yeah, yep. we've been, um, we're working with uh, Maito, um, given some apprentices uh, opportunities to join our team this year. So we had uh, two uh, young females actually join our team in Ashley Forest, and then we've got two uh, males join our team at Rally New Zealand. And just a chance for them to get in there, get their hands dirty, experience the sport from behind the ropes. Um, actually a couple of our members of our team actually started out as apprentices who came along with work experience on our team two or three years ago um, and they impressed us and um, you know we, we offered them uh, opportunities from there so yeah cool to get more people involved young, old um, engineers mechanics drivers anything um, you know we, we want to see the sport grow Nice Hayden hey well we're wishing you all the best here uh, from breakfast from Izzy and Kempe and uh, go well mate go fast I love seeing it, and, and, and make sure you put plenty of those uh, those cuts that you got back up on your Twitter page, man. I sent you a message this morning just saying how insane it was watching it. So, mate, thanks for joining us this morning on Breakfast, and uh, we look forward to, to seeing you lift that to- uh, title again uh, shortly. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Baz, the coach, McCullum, is going to join us. We, he is back in the country. He's in Matamata horse farming at the moment, so we appreciate his time. Bazza, good morning. Yes, brother. How's it, boys? <laughs> yeah, Baz. Good morning, brother. Oh, we are good, man. Welcome good. home. Welcome home. No doubt you'll be busy doing a lot of chores around the house, mate. A lot of housework back uh, into that life sentence block. How's it back? How's it been being back, bud? Yeah, no, it's good. I sort of got welcomed home by the the family and the animals and everything, and you know everything was great. And then got a little treat yesterday, didn't we, Daggy? Hey, oh, <laughs> Pungo just. Just went, just sat outside the leader, just sort of played around with them a little bit and then went bang and said, I'm here, I'm here to be a racehorse and that's just given us a whole lot of hope, so it's good to be home. Tell us about so, that, tell us about that, Baz, Pungo as the Aussies say, Pungo is how you pronounce it, but tell us a little bit about the So You Think um, cult, isn't it? Just uh, is, it, yeah. uh, is it? Is it a So You Think cult that's going to go to maybe the, what, Cox Plate Pier? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be nice. Yeah, I was trying to pronounce the pungo for the Australian listeners, you know, so they don't listen to listen to the actual correct pronunciation. So, yeah, he's a so you think cult, which uh, both Daggy and myself and a good group of owners have uh, managed to get a hold of after last year's ready to run sale. Um, bought it off uh, Kit Brooks out there at uh, Caraca and um, a good mate of uh, of Daggy's and. And now a, a friend of mine as well was the man who put his hand up and said, we, we want him. And, uh, and then he said, you guys are in. We're like, all right, sweet as. No worries, part ways with some hard-earned. And it could be it could be the best investment we've made in the horse racing game. We've made a few. So let's see. Hope is a dangerous thing, but, gee, it's exciting. So hopefully he um, he races next week um, over in uh, at Rose Hill and, and debuts, and hopefully if he draws an inside gate, he'll be competitive. But he looks like he's got oh. above-average ability. So let's let's hope we can all dream, right? Yeah, Bears. That's the thing. I'm I'm obviously new to this game. I, I've got no inkling of what to expect, and I've just come in and I'm just fizzing. 
So how do I just contain the emotions and the excitement? And what makes you, what makes it? You've been in the horse game for a very long time, so you've obviously seen good horses. You've seen horses that have got great ability. What is it about Pungal that that gets you excited? Well, I don't. First of all, Dickie, I don't think you should contain your excitement. That's that's part of the game, <laughs> right? Like, and who knows where it ends up? But surely, like, that's the whole idea: is buying into horse racing ownership is to to paint the dream and, and then sort of hopefully, you know, you go on that journey and he's, he's definitely given us a little bit of hope early doors, but look, I think I love, so you think as a, as a sire, he was a superstar racehorse and for quite a while, I actually thought he was reasonably um, not unfashionable, but probably underappreciated as a stallion, but he's, his, 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 um, his stud fee's gone through the roof um, this year. I think he's up to about 97,000 or so. I actually sent our good mare, um, Tabata was served by him on Saturday as well, so hopefully we get a nice, uh, a nice, nice sort of dark kind of cult out of uh, out of her as well. But he's a, he's a super sire and out of a Lonro mare as well, um, and Uzali. So yeah, and more to the point, just a great group of owners. So the idea was we're going to try and have a bit of fun, and and hopefully we get a nice horse and. And we'll send him to uh, the best in the business and Chris Waller and hope that J-Mac jumps on board in his first start and then we load up at the tab. And you're drinking plenty of champagne and inviting Kempe in the VIP and the jet. And we're all going together. Yeah, I can't wait. Talk about, <laughs> talk about painting dreams, Baz. You know, first summer up in the UK, making dreams come true. Tell us a little bit about it, mate. Your journey has been unbelievable. Yeah, it's been good, Kempe. Um I mean, I didn't really want the job at the first instance. Now I've got it. I'm absolutely loving it. So it's um, it's <laughs> yeah. good crack, and and the boys are great, eh? They're um, I thought they were good um, skill wise. I thought they were they were they were good. I didn't quite realise how good they are, and not just the first crop of players, but the talent coming through English cricket as well. And just as long as it can be harnessed right, and there's some challenges around these T20 leagues around the world, and I guess um, sort of. Uh, it's not, I won't say stealing because you know the guys get the opportunity to to go away and, and earn good money in that. But they're definitely poaching some of the more traditional types of players, and that was one of the challenges for me. I guess I've been lucky enough to earn a good living out of the sport and been involved in some of those T20 leagues. But Test cricket for me was always kind of what it was about, um, and to now be thrust into a position where you can have some influence over the the current um, crop of Test players and and particularly uh, English cricket, which is a sizable force in, in world cricket, um, was the challenge which I was looking forward to. And, and to be honest, it couldn't have started too much better than what it has. And um, there'll be a lot of talk about, well, how are you going to go in Pakistan? How are you going to go in the Ashes, which is our next two assignments? Or next two out of our three, we've also got New Zealand back here in New Zealand. But my point to the lads was just enjoy the success we've had over the summer, these summers. Successful summers like this don't come around too often to win six out of seven test matches and and to captivate the, the public again over in England um, with the traditional sport of test cricket was was something that we were able to achieve and um, you know I just wanted the guys to enjoy that and appreciate it and it will turn our attention and time to to what uh, what lays ahead but it was certainly a successful summer. Mate, very successful. We've been, we've been watching it down under, mate, just watching the. The fairy tale just unfolds. Six from seven, mate. Tell us about the transition from um, uh, from Joe Root to, to Stokesy and how that's unfolded. I think it's been a masterclass from yourself. Um, Joe Root just always been a solid batter and uh, a world class batter, probably the best in the world at the moment. But he's continued that form on. And Stokesy, 
you know, he's had his moments over the last couple of years, the way he's really relished the opportunity to captain his country? Yeah, mate, that's right. It's, um, you know, you sort of look through that lineup and you think there was there was always some world-class players. You think Joe Root, mm. Johnny Bairstow, Ben Stokes, James Anderson, Stuart Broad. Um, but then what was the support act? What was the, what was the challenges that you had to try and... Mm. Um, shore up to allow those world-class players to come out. And to be honest, like looking back on the summer, we kind of, we took a few punts in regards to some players and, and we see their ceiling as a player and what they, what they could become. I know we need a finished article there in that class about them. They just need opportunity and, and selection loyalty as well. Oh, we haven't lost them, have we? Stand still, Bears. Stop working. Well done, Stand still. So well. You're just cutting out there a wee yeah. bit there, Bezza. Come back there into there. sit down. Stop stop moving around. Sit down for five minutes and put the <laughs> put the put the spade away. <laughs> you can just, hey, put the whip what away. What are you doing? <laughs> Sorry, lads, just a bit of white kiddo. You know, why can't it rain just affecting my little humble abode here in Matamata? So I apologise for that. Um, but no, like, just giving those guys opportunity has been really important yeah. and allowing their talent to come out. So I think if I look at Ollie Pope at number three, he's been a real success. Uh, ben Folks, wicketkeeper batsman, has been has been brilliant right throughout the summer. We've had various guys stand up and, and deliver as well. And um, even Zach Crawley and Alex Lees in the last test match who were under immense amount of pressure were able to get a performance when the game is on the line. And, and that's that's what you want to see from a coach is give an opportunity yeah. these guys um, are able to uh, perform. They're not going to perform all at the same time and they might not get it instantly, but you've got to give them the chance to, for that flair and that, that uh, quality to come out. And I think we've seen that this summer. So, but Stokes, he's been a, a wonderful um, skipper again. I thought he'd be good. I didn't realise he'd be as good as what he is. Um, he's... <laughs> I'm aggressive, I think, when it comes to tactics. I think Stokesy's got me covered, which is uh, which is quite cool <laughs> as well. Um, he's very consistent with his messages, and he's an incredibly intelligent uh, man as well. And and he's very driven at this stage of his career um, to to make a real impact on the game yeah. and, and on English cricket and world cricket. So very lucky, I guess. Timing's everything. Yeah, you've got definitely got two front runners out there, and captain and coach. Uh, you've got to take a lot of that. Accolade too bad, so don't be don't be too humble. Hey, um, I know there'll come a time, mate. You're probably in Barbados, lying underneath a coconut tree, soaking the sun, and and starting to dream. Do the black caps and and New Zealand feature in any of those dreams for the for your future? <laughs> oh, geez, I'm only just starting out here with England, you know. So I never anticipated being able to, um, I guess, be at the helm of of an English test side as as coach. It certainly wasn't on my radar, and um, you know, now that I've now that I am in that position, I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. And who knows where world cricket's going to go? Who knows where your own involvement in the, in the game's going to go? But for me, I'm just enjoying the opportunity to try and be able to give these guys a bit of freedom, a bit of support, and and play a small role in, uh, in hopefully um, the ability for us to, to ensure that Test Cricket's able to survive and, and thrive over the next few years. But yeah, you, never, you never know what happens down the line. The, the Black Caps boys have obviously had a tough little period of late, but they've got some quality amongst themselves. They're well-led, and, and I'm sure they'll be fine in time. 
Yeah, we love having you back, and I know our listeners will be enjoying your voice uh, there, Bazaroo, mate. Appreciate you coming on. Just quickly, uh, you're going to go work on your, your golf etiquette while you're home, and have you got anything in the stable that we can look forward to? Well, first of all, Daggy, big g'day to all the listeners as well, all the boys out there and the girls who dial in and text in on our uh, on our text line, and and uh, they're a big part of the show. I know that they're enjoying having you, you as the skipper as well number? there. Daggy, double eight, double three. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, what is it? Oh, 0811. Is that right? There you go. It. You still got yeah. it. Hey? Good, good with numbers. Just don't tell anyone. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, in, ter- uh, in terms of the racing stuff, uh, well, first of all, let's address the golfing etiquette. Um Daggy doesn't know how to pick up a flag stick. For anyone that has played with him or, or will play with him in the future, just count how many times he picks up a flag stick. And if he doesn't do it, just ask him at some stage. It'll probably be the 17th or 18th. Just, just remind him how heavy those flag sticks are and how draining it can be having to pick him out of the hole and put him back in. Uh, and he's likely to give you yeah. a big sniff or a cough just in your backswing as well, if not walk behind you just to get a line for his own putt. <laughs> Wonderful golfer, shocking etiquette. Um, and in regards to the uh, the racing, there's actually races that matter about it today, but it's just started. The heavens have opened, so the track might be a little uh, a little sticky. But I reckon there's there's a couple of nice bets. I know Louis got his eye on a couple there um, at matter matter race one. I reckon down the bottom of the card. I think it's called Palistopian. Craig Grills drawn the two. It's the second start up. Ramsey and Richie trained. Sir Peter Vella owned about four dollars fifty. That's going to get my money, boys. Nice. Ooh, oh, there you go. There you go. Palistopian, yeah. Ooh. It's ran six. Craig Grills on top. Four dollars fifty. We appreciate that. Anything in the futures? You might be able to steer us in there. Hey, my mate. <laughs> Uh, don't you love when Daggy's asking a question and he already knows the answer to? <laughs> right, okay, okay. The liver mole. The liver mole, okay. The fibrillate, a horse which had a very small share and trained by Graham Richardson, my neighbour, fantastic bloke, good horse trainer, he is majority owner in it as well. Come back from Australia. We've made some money on it previously. We'll just keep that in mind, okay? We've all made some money on it previously. It's been crunched in $5 favouritism for the liver mole. So if you're that way inclined, that's a decent bet. And if you're real gutsy, it races a couple of weeks before in the arrow field and it's paying about $10, I reckon. Uh, no, more than that, actually. It might even be 12 to 14 14 um, It'll be fresh. It'll be fresh up. But if that field drops away, that's got La Creek and Imperatrice and Dark Destroyer in the light, if that field drops away with the TABs, no deductions, you get paid. Worth a crack. <laughs> nice. Nice couple, of, nice couple of tips there, Bears. How's Paul He's fantastic. Oh, he's making too much money at the moment. It's pissing me off. <laughs> no, get, him. get him there. Paul. Take him down. Yeah, that no, how good's that no deductions, Bears? Ooh. Hey. Well, it's good. Well, I was a little bit out of the loop because I was trying to punt on old overseas, of course, you know, like around the old corals or, or those places over in, in the UK. Um, because the races were on over there, obviously, but now I'm back. You know, I've only picked up on yeah. the no deductions, and it has been a game changer. 
Well, how, how, how strong's the pound, eh? How strong's that pound? You'll be floating in it, mate. Appreciate it, Bazaroo boy, coming in it. <laughs> Definitely chat to us on the show, Bez. <laughs> we love having you back, brother. We love having you back. The and pound's we'll, on we the pressure. You. <laughs> the pound's <laughs> on the pressure. Calm down. Calm down, mate. Hey, uh, Bez, thanks very much, my friend. We uh, we enjoyed your chat this morning and, and talking about your success over in, in England and and everything in like that, and we appreciate the tips too, mate. So thanks very much. We'll catch up soon, eh? Anytime, brother. Love yous. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.